Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as careers, community, research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Sonola Onasanya. Thanks for joining me today. It is good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Sonola Onasanya is particularly interested in the sustainable improvement of quality of life of quality of life in developing countries. He works as an industry analyst for the global manufacturing team of the International Finance Corporation, a division of the World Bank Group. Sonola holds a Master of Philosophy from the University of Cambridge in Engineering for Sustainable Development and a Bachelor of Science in Chemical and Biomolecular Engineering from George Institute of Technology. He has interned in the United Nations Human Settlements Program, in the Water and Sanitation Unit, and in the Urban Innovation Branch. He has also worked as an engineer in plastic research, food packaging, and bioethanol production. Sonola has worked and lived in a number of countries, including Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, the USA, and the UK. Please welcome Sonola. Thank you, Social, for joining me today. It's good to have you here. So, Happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, um, what have been your long-standing interests in the field of science? Uh, so, I'm going to say two different things. Um, the, the, when, I, when I first decided to go into engineering, it was, I guess, the biggest thing on my mind at that time was, you know, the issue of like, renewable energy, climate change was was a big topic throughout my high school years and I was good I was good at math I was good at science I didn't particularly enjoy English but I did like history so I was in this point of making a decision whether to go to the humanities or going to the sciences being young I didn't really know what, what I wanted but I thought hey renewable energy is what I'm interested in I'm also interested in improving places like Africa so I decided to go into the sciences um, but my first day at Georgia Tech I met a guy who was in aerospace and I asked him, so what's aerospace engineering? And he looked at me like, uh, I don't know. And he asked me, what's chemical engineering? And I was like, uh, I don't know. So it's like, I feel like a lot of people go into the sciences of just being good at math and science, which is okay. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah man. So I, I, I understand that because many times when you are uh, someone who's good or gifted in math and sciences, people almost direct you in that direction or yeah. point you in that direction in terms of engineering or medicine or something like that. Mm, exactly. Yeah, or grad school. So, you know, given that you studied chemical engineering, um, why did you choose chemical engineering as a field to major? So, again, this is this is 17-year-old, 16-year-old me making decisions, right? And there was two things. Um, firstly, my sister studied chemical engineering, and you know there was a lot of there was a lot of high praise for the topic in my in my family, even though I didn't really know what it was. Um, I, I asked my sister what chemical engineering was, and she said process engineering, which made which was even more meaningless to me. 
Um, mm-hmm. But then she said, she said, organic chemistry. And my first day doing organic chemistry in high school, the professor said, hey guys, we're gonna start organic chemistry. This is where the money is in science. And again, 16 year old me, I was, I was 15 year old me, I don't know how old I was that class. I go, I, was, I just paid attention. I, I just paid a lot of attention. <laughs> and, I, and I got really good at organic chemistry because I was just paying a lot of attention during all the class. Uh, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, so then I, when it came time to pick, um, I picked engineering because, you know, I, my, there was a lot of praise for engineering in my family. And then I picked chemical engineering because of a mix of my sister and of my my love for organic chemistry at the time. So that's kind of what led me to pick chemical engineering. So basically passion and family influences led you to choose yeah. chemical engineering as a discipline. Yeah. I also thought chemical engineering would play into, you know, solar panels and things like that which tied into renewable energy and sustainability but mm. that would be some that would be an aspect that would be an interest of mine that will actually grow later on more so than when i first decided to go into engineering okay yeah, dude, that, that's definitely a good point so i saw that you went to university of cambridge congrats Not that's very good <laughs> yeah you went to university of cambridge so why did you choose engineering for sustainable development as a field to do your graduate studies in yeah so that's a that's an interesting question i i finished undergrad in chemical engineering i didn't particularly like chemical engineering when i was studying it to be honest okay. i i really enjoyed i really enjoyed just the university experience just getting to take random classes and other topics. I took classes in international development, no, international relation, women's literature, Cuban history, African-American history, post-colonialism. Uh, and then the chemistry classes and biochem classes I really liked. But the physics and engineering classes specifically, I was good at them, I, I did well. But I wouldn't say it was something that I was so excited to show up to class to. Like I was, I was excited to go to biochem, but I wasn't that excited to go to transport or kinetics. Um, so, but when I started working, I was working in the plastic industry uh, in the U.S. And man, you, I was in lab with podcasts in my ear talking about, you know, politics, current affairs. And I just, it just, it just hit me that I was just not in the right space. I mean, I was working in plastic industry, which is very related to organic chemistry, mm-hmm. um, if not the extension of organic, organic chemistry. But... I just didn't feel like, uh, you know, what I was working on in front of me in the lab was not the most important thing for me. I was listening to other things, in my, like podcasts literally in my ears. Mm-hmm. And so I started, I started looking at master's programs and I was looking at manufacturing engineering, manufacturing engineering management. Because um, I was thinking, look, let me go, let me go and let me go find a way to make engineering tie into my passion. So using engineering for industrializing developing countries. Then I came across this program at Cambridge. I actually wasn't thinking of leaving the US, but when I read the, the program, like the course curriculum, it was, that was it, man. I mean, it was oh, like yeah. sustainable urban development, um, energy for rural development. Um, how do I say it? Like sustainable architecture and urban design. I was like, okay, this is it. This is what, this is what I'm looking for, you know? Okay. And it was just straight. It was like engineering. It was a program for engineers. I mean, maybe you ask me some questions on this later on, but I'll say it was the best year of my life, man. And, uh, wow, that's I would good. wake up. 
I say this to everybody, I wake up on a Tuesday. It doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday or Saturday, every day was just, I'll forget what day it was. I, like, I'll wow. forget if it's Wednesday or, or Friday. Like, you know, I, I never lived life like that before. Most of the time you look forward to the weekend and you dread the week. This was nothing like that because I was just, I was just, I was just engaged. And I was just happy to be working on what I was working. Yeah. So why would you say, that's an interesting statement, you know? Uh, why would you say it was the best year of your life? What, what, what made it that way? Was it the program? Was it the people you're interacting with? Was it the whole, mm. was it the landscape, the environment, the country? What complemented that being the best year of your life? I would say two things. I mean, the country was nice. Uh, Cambridge was nice. It was a nice little town. <laughs> uh, British people were nice. But I think for me, it was a combination of the program and the people in the program. Uh, wow. The program, the people leading the program were very open in terms of like how we, how we led. They encouraged us to ask them difficult questions. They encouraged us to ask each other difficult questions. So it was maybe the most intellectually engaged I'd ever been. Um, people wow. asking very hard questions and challenging each other, but not in a not in a not in a egoistic manner. You know, yeah. it was more what is the best the best solution, including social aspects, talking about gender aspects, talking about environmental aspects, talking about economic aspects of technology, all these things. And it was, and so yeah, it was pro the program was great in itself and what I learned, but then the people just being around very impassioned people of similar values to you, also having these almost idealistic goals. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was nice, you know, and it was, it was an environment where I was allowed to I was allowed to just be me, just ask hard questions, just express myself. And yeah. it's, it's difficult to find those kind of environments. I was lucky. I agree. Something like that. Yeah. I agree. It is difficult to find those types of environments, especially yeah. environments where you can thrive and be your authentic self. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's yeah. not trying to mask your aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know a lot of people have these lofty aspirations, so because of mm -hmm. the environment that they're surrounded by, kind of mask or just muffle their aspirations in a way. Yeah, you know, yeah. To kind I of know, fit I, in. To fit in, yeah. You know, it's. Yeah. And I mean, again, like this was not something I was expecting. You know, I went there thinking the course program. I'm here for the course program, and the course program was good. Don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. what I did not expect was the people out that were gonna be also attracted to this program. And just all these people rather idealistic coming to this one space. <laughs> yeah. It was like a match. I was just really good. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you found your niche. Um as yeah. well. It's over now though. <laughs> Pardon me? I said the program's over now though, so it's Yeah. Yeah man. Um so how have you maintained um vision and teamwork in your environment? Given that all the things you do, you work at the, you work in a division of the World Bank Group. Yeah. Um, so how are you maintaining vision and teamwork in your environment? Vision and teamwork. Yes. Okay. You know the okay. So I, I think I'll talk about those two. Split the question in two. So yeah, vision. Vision for me, uh, my my vision, my goals is to contribute to this world in some kind of positive positive manner mm -hmm. while at the same time feed myself yeah but yeah that's true it's very yeah. important <laughs> but to you know to, to to come here to, i mean i didn't ask to be born but 
to try and achieve something positive with with my life um, and to treat people around me well. And I, I mean, holding on to that vision because being in the World Bank group, this is no longer academia surrounded by other young students where we can talk about big lofty ideas um, and very and try and make try and think about the ideal. Here you're dealing with you're dealing with um, other people who don't necessarily see the world the way you do. You're dealing with an organization that's very old and has made and has had its impact on the world, both negative and positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have people who, I mean, the international finance corporation, right? So a lot of people here are involved in finance, not necessarily in engineering. And mm-hmm. the conversation, the conversations, can, it, it, you get kind of like when you join any organization, you can start trying to to fit in, trying to, trying to please others. And it's important, yeah, okay, that's not necessarily wrong, but it's important to also keep your vision, your goals and your ideals at the forefront. Like you must have a guiding philosophy for how you work and, and what you want to do with your with your career. So I, I try to do that. I try to reach out to people in the office that are not in my team, that I think might have similar values to me. And I say, hey, let's have a conversation. Um, I saw you at this web, on this WebEx call. Everything's virtual now, right? So I saw you on yeah. this WebEx call and you were saying certain things that I found interesting. Could we talk some more? And try and keep developing my own personal vision, my own personal philosophy, my own personal ideas while still doing my work. Uh, teamwork, I think I kind of touched on that in a way, but um, including others in what you do. I think a lot of people are very protective of their work. They think, oh, this person's going to take my idea and run with it and become a millionaire of me. <laughs> but most yeah. of the time, most of the time, no. Most of the time, when you you expose your idea to critique, maybe not a baby like very just budding idea, but you have, you have a little bit of an idea and you expose it to critique, you find that the people who want to talk about it are people who have similar interests to you, similar values. To you. People who are not interested don't want to talk about that idea. Um, yeah. And not just that, but then they will, people will also add their critiques and they will help you develop your ideas. So teamwork. People, people should never see themselves as I'm going to save the world. I'm going to be the one to, to make the company a million bucks. It's, it's not likely. And the best way that you will save the world slash make the company a million bucks is to work with other people and open and be vulnerable and, and yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Synergy is very important. You know, like many people say that these, some of these statements are quite common. You know, you have may have a dream, but you can only go as far as your team. Yeah. You know? And many mm-hmm. times, um, you know, one is good, but more than one many times is better when it comes to yeah. working on an idea or goal. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, you're, yeah. I was going to say, like, you, you, you're, you've been in academia and a PhD, you're going to be presenting your work to different places and people are going to be asking you questions, critiquing, mm-hmm. and it's a positive thing, right? That helps you all. I never thought about that. I mean, exactly. Have that in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a part. Of, that's a part of the learning process, you know. Mm-hmm. Like as a sometimes, you know, and this is a an analogy, you know, when a potter is making a piece of a vase or some type of ceramic, you know, many times the potter has to shape, mold, take away, heat up, put some yeah. coats on it. It's a process. Yeah. And all of those things are part of the process of learning and growing and developing into your full self and actually 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think 
what you were saying, especially in terms of, you know, keeping, making sure that you maintain your personal philosophy as you work in an environment um, and as you seek to fulfill the missions and goals of the environment that you're working in, maintaining your personal philosophy. The thing that actually crossed my mind was, you know, each if in an, another analogy, you know, in chemistry, and this is this is an analogy from chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, every element has a characteristic transition in terms of from the homo to the lumo, and when it relaxes, it releases a specific frequency of light. Yeah, that light yeah. is characteristic of. So each one of us has something characteristic about our lives, mm. and you know the thing that's so beautiful in chemistry is when you see multiple lights together. Mm. Mm. So multiple characteristic um, transitions or multiple frequencies of light together, and you get yeah. this beautiful, this beautiful, spectrum. yeah, this beautiful spectrum. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think I think it just makes it worthwhile when you work together with people. So along those same lines, you know, you've been to Cambridge, you've been to Cambridge. Yeah. Cambridge. That's not an average school, I think, by any uh, any standard. So I would say in some ways you have been successful as a student. So how have you oh, been successful? You. Yeah, how? how? How would you say you've been successful? Uh, I, you know, if you I, and, and one more question to add on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how have you been successful? And if someone was saying, if someone listening to this podcast was saying, um, I want to go to Cambridge as well, what would be your yeah. advice to that person who wants to go to Cambridge? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm, I'll I'll go on the I'll go on the second question: How to go to Cambridge? Mm-hmm. I think I think that uh, firstly, I think Thomas asked the question: Why do you want to go to Cambridge? I mean, yes, that's that, that's, I think that's important. That's important. I think Cambridge is is is, is a is a place, and that's they true. do certain things there, and they do research in certain things. There. But it might be that what you want to research, what you want to what you want to be, doesn't align with what's going on in Cambridge. So mm-hmm. one person's going to Cambridge and it's success and it's in line with what they want to do, that's great. Somebody going mm-hmm. to Cambridge and not in line with what they want to do, then you're just trying to get a title or you're trying to get something for the CV. I mean, not necessarily a negative, but ask yourself, you have limited time on this planet. Do you want to spend it just getting a title? Um, that's true. So how to go to Cambridge though? <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I'll say how I got there. I was, I took a risk. You know, I was in the work visa in the United States and going to Cambridge and the, the masters in Cambridge are not called masters of arts, masters of science, they're called masters of philosophy. So I didn't know if this was, and I never heard of masters of philosophy before, so I didn't know what I was going to do to study a real degree. I was like, oh man, yeah. I don't know what this is. Sounds um, like the hidden curriculum. <laughs> yeah, so I um, I took a risk when I, when, I, when I decided to leave my job become a student, go back to school, go to Cambridge, leave the United States with no assurance that I was going to come back. This is the biggest job market, so that's a big deal. Um, and so I took a risk, and at the same time, I was very honest in my application. I said, this is what I see in your program. This is what I want to do. This is why I think I need to come to your program, and this is why I think you would like to your program. That's all I said. Um, of course, there was stuff that I'd done before. I expressed what I did for fun. I talked about the fact that I danced salsa. Uh, you know, I talked about all that in my essay. Um, I talked about how I was volunteering and, and trying to help my community. I, and then I, luckily, I had done a program in undergrad where I did well. Well, luckily, or you know, 
thankfully. Maybe thankfully, that's the word. Um, and those two things coming together, my personal aspirations and interests and my past academic success, and I, they accepted me. So I can't, I mean, I, I don't think they will turn you down if your grades were a little bit lower than me. Um, and I don't think they'll necessarily accept you out of the blue if your grades were a bit higher. I think it's the combination of those two. This is who I am. This is what I've done. And can you, would you let me in? And I, I, I think for undergrad, I didn't get into a lot of schools. I got into maybe three schools. Uh, but for a master's program, I got into almost every school I applied to. And I think not necessarily because my, my grades were so good, but because I had a better idea of what I wanted to do. And yeah. what I was writing to them, what I was showing them about myself, I think they understood this is a guy who has a certain goal and our program aligns with this goal and it looks like he can succeed here. So yeah. let's let him in. And I think for any girl, guy or any person who wants to get, who wants to apply to these kind of big schools, let's be sure it's what you want and not what you think other people want out of you. Yeah. And sorry, that was a lot about how to get, how to be successful. It's going to be a really easy one. Work with others, study groups, yeah. friends, access to past papers that all comes from other people so you gotta yeah. you gotta make friends <laughs> yeah Don't i agree georgia tech yeah you will not do well make yeah no man back. no man's an island yeah 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 i completely <laughs> agree yeah man so yeah so given all your responsibilities and accomplishments how do you maintain a balanced life or try mm. or strive to maintain a balanced life uh, you know that's that's a that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And I know, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I think sometimes it gets it's easier. Like when I was in Cambridge, it was a bit easier because the people I was surrounded by were so similar to me in the sense of the values. So they also liked doing things after class. So they would invite me for things. I didn't always have to plan my week. Tuesday, someone would just say, "You want to go do this?" And it'll sound nice, so I'll go do it. Um, but now in the working world. In the, in the, when you're when you're working, it's a bit more especially during COVID times. Yeah, <laughs> you really gotta you really gotta take care of yourself. I mean, look, you see me here. There's nobody here. This is this is there's nobody next to me, right? So I'm yeah. alone for hours of the day, and that's yeah. not good. Human beings, we're not we're not individuals like that. We can be introverted, but you still need that social interaction. You need mm-hmm. to stay like, mentally healthy. So mm-hmm. I'm. I'm Every day, man, I'll joke you not, I try to take a walk with someone. I try to take, I hit up with my friends in the town and want to take a walk. If they, somebody who likes, wants to wear their mask outside, fine, I'll wear my mask with you. I'll walk, but I need social interaction, man. Yeah, people need people. Yeah, just simple, nice conversation. That helps me stay balanced. It really, really does. Yeah. Yeah. So I say people shouldn't feel lonely. And, and then there are others who have like real commitments like they have kids at home things like that and reach out for help as much as you can because yeah yeah we're all in this together yeah yeah many times we question whether we're alone and some people may feel like they legitimately are alone that, that's understood yeah. or at least it's tried and people try to understand um, but many times we think we're alone but we're not we're not just just don't be, people shouldn't be scared to reach out to other people, friends, family, just to talk. It helps. And yeah. share, share what you're going through. It really helps. So 
stay balanced, man. I try to just, I try to just talk to friends. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, yeah, that's your take on it. Friends. That's your take on it. Yeah, talk yeah, to friends. good friends. Yeah, yeah, along the same lines of you know community and you know not being alone. Personally, in my faith tradition, um, you know, one of the things that emphasizes is that you know God is for you or mm. your faith plays a large role in you having perspective when it comes to you encountering challenging circumstances so that yeah. you know that you're not alone in those circumstances yeah yeah that's even when, my even, faith. i like that one even when you're alone there's 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 other 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 people you can reach out to which is yeah you know, like yes. just just sit down yeah, and there's just a community of people your, talk to your god in fact maybe yeah. not yeah i yeah. find that inner peace yeah i find inner peace Yes, but anyway, um, what have been your most effective and impactful ideas to date? My most effective and impactful ideas, man. Ah, I created yeah. this technology that solved climate change now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think, I think my dissertation I did for my master's program was one of the things I was really proud of. I, uh, it was hard to come up with a topic, but essentially, my master's program, my dissertation focused on plastic pollution in Lagos. And okay. going goes on around a lot of developing countries and developed countries. So everybody's dealing with this issue of plastic pollution. And Lagos is extremely bad. Uh, with a heavily populated city, with not very good infrastructure, not very good waste infrastructure, waste collection or waste management infrastructure. Uh, so a lot of the plastic goes mismanaged into the environment. And I went to Lagos. I went to different parts of the city. Interviewed different individuals, government officials, NGO workers, businesses try to understand what was the issue, what are the barriers to solving the issue, and what are the possible solutions. Um, I've been I'm wanting to publish my dissertation, but I am so slow. I am so slow at editing it down for a journal. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm really planning, I'm really hoping to. If not, I'm just going to put this thing on my LinkedIn page at least. Um, just because it's just something to share. I would like to share. I can talk a little bit about the solutions that I maybe one one the one I'll talk about one thing about it. I know we're running low on time, so I'll wrap this quick. So there's a lot of waste picking that goes on in developing countries, and a lot of that waste picking is done by informal workers. A lot of those informal workers are children or um, struggling uh, mothers, and and it's not very it's not healthy work. It's not good public health work. It's not safe. And uh, a lot of countries are not dealing with that informal labor that underlies their waste management infrastructure in a lot of countries. Um, wow. So I think that's something that needs to be addressed. So that's a social sustainability issue at most of them that coincides with an environmental issue. So wow. none of these things stand alone. But yeah. That's... Yeah, dude, I completely agree. Because, you know, many times we look at these issues in isolation, but they mm-hmm. are specific, they are granularities. Yeah. with these issues and they, they choose many times that it's connected in terms of social frameworks environmental frameworks yes personal physical mental all those things exactly. play a large role yeah but when it comes to issues that pertain to people's lives so yeah. um my last question for you um how do you maintain view of the bigger picture in your career and in your life in general especially when you encounter challenging circumstances You have some type of personal philosophy, some worldview. Um, what what is what is the guiding light? I was to coin a phrase. 
I'll use a phrase that's coined. Um, what What is the basis on which you stay optimistic? I think it's a. I think having a lot of people know what they what they don't like in society. Okay. But if you ask them, what is the society you would like to live in? A lot of people find it very hard to describe that society. So I mean that extends to a lot of things, right? Politics, it's a lot of things. People don't know. They know what they don't like, but they don't really know what they want. Wow. And so that's a hard, that's a diff, that's a that's an interesting question because. Do I know what I am, what I'm walking towards, what I would like to achieve in the future? When I know I don't like, I know I don't like this. I know I don't like working here. I know I, I like I like this a little bit. I think, I think if I, and I said, I think from something I said in the beginning, if I could, if I could with my, my life, with my career, um, make improve the quality of life for people in in a sustainable manner socially sustainable, economically sustainable, environmentally sustainable uh, manner, I I feel like I would have done enough. I, I don't, and again, this doesn't mean, you know, I alone fix climate change, but if I can make, if I can make my contribution to the world in a better way, treat people around me well, as, as well as I would like to be treated as not better, and I think I've done it, I think I've done enough. Um, and people need to recognize when they've done enough because a lot of people hold themselves to such high standards, so unrealistically high standards. And that can that can hurt you. Even even when you're succeeding, you think you're failing. Wow. <laughs> but it's just being humble enough to say, I've done enough. I've tried my hardest. That's it. And be, be satisfied with that. So that's that's it for me. If I know I'm trying my hardest or I tried my hardest, then I've done enough. Then I can rest easy. If I know I, ha- I haven't tried my best for people, then then I know then it's on then I then I, I gotta address that. But yeah. yeah, so that's guiding philosophy. The thing that guides, I just have to try my best uh, at everything, personal interactions and work interactions. Try my that best. May, yeah, I completely agree. And there many things I could say on that. You know, one thing me and my siblings would say to each other sometimes is, you know, do the best you can wherever you can at all times you can. You know. Make sure that your best is not something that you do sometimes, but it's something that you work towards and you improve and you are always striving to be your best. And you know, along those same lines, um, I completely agree. It's not just about achieving things, but you know, you have to recognize when you have achieved something substantial and be satisfied with that. Yeah. I always feel like you're constantly having to prove. Yeah. Or. Constantly having to, yeah. I think yeah. we all we all have to we all have to work on this. Not yeah, everybody. To, everybody. Yeah. All, all you see the most success people. You look at them and like you're so successful, and they will look at you like I feel like a failure. It's because yeah. <laughs> they don't they 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 not they're not seeing it through your through the through a bigger perspective. That's not yeah. oh this I wanted to be this and I'm not this. It's you got what you've done so far. That's great. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Reflecting is good. Yeah. But anyway. So, so it's good to have you on. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for the invite. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is The New Chemist, where we discuss chemistry, 
which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I.